From The Hearse Song by Alvin Schwartz Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose. They eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat. When you're dead, this is Gothic. Recording. 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 Recording all day long. Recording. So, I climbed a mountain today, a dog mountain, out in the Columbia River Gorge, and I got up much earlier than I'm used to getting up to do it, and so there's that. It's also a seven-mile hike with... A 23% grade going up, at least the route that we ended up taking up, and got to the top, and it was free, well, not freezing, not literally freezing, but uh, very cold, and uh, sprinkled rain a bit, but very cold and very windy, and then we came back down, and all of this was done to celebrate, woohoo, my, well, I was doing it to celebrate, my second week post second vaccination so woo-hoo. anyway got down off the mountain super sore and uh, had to take a nap before this uh, this podcast started <laughs> and so did Sharon who was also on that little venture there and she may still be on that nap because she has not joined us yet we hope that she will be able to sneak into the podcast here in a bit here are Sharon come Come be part of the podcast. Come to us. Come to us, Sharon. All I heard is you got a lot more exercise than I did today. Mm. Yeah. And then I came home and it um, got up from my nap and it was it had just hailed. What the hail? What the hail? So anyway, that was my day. How was yours? Uh, I spent most of my day installing this new computer and the desk modifications that went with it. Um, and I had to do some actual work work, which is boring, but <laughs> necessary. <laughs> What? Yep, all the boring stuff for me. <laughs> work, work, <laughs> home. Work, work. Now for the fun part. And now for for lovely stuff with friends. Hey, Gothic podcast. You load 16 tons. Maybe what my next character think? will talk like Julia Childs. Oh, I love Julia Childs. Given what the next um, gaming system is going to be, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stay tuned to the end of the season, Sojourners, to our end of the season retrospective to find out what that gaming system is going to be. Because I'm not going to leak it. At least not yet. <laughs> well, you don't even leak our regular episodes on social media or anything. I know. I need to get back on <laughs> and like do the, do the tweeting and the Facebooking and all of the horrible stuff that mm -hmm. I avoid most of the time. So, Sojourners, since our cast doesn't um, promote us out there on social media, we ask that you do. So, please <laughs> yes. rate, review, and leave comments for us, and uh, or send us a tweet, or you know, send us some email, whatever. We will probably get around to responding. Yes. And if you're good at marketing and are willing to work for free, <laughs> I know a couple of podcasts who'd be happy to take you up on those offers. Web design sales, you know, whatevs. We also welcome our first um, listener in Brazil, although who knows if they'll make it this far, especially if they started at episode one. Worldwide gothicness. Yes. Yep. All right. Last time you were having a lovely beer at the Big Fish Brewery, home of the Bastard Pint, hand and a half, <laughs> with three agents of the FBI. And the one that you were primarily talking to there was a uh, fellow named Owl Nizoni. And he had just dropped the bombshell that uh, there were a bunch of dead people up at the weather station slash cell phone tower on top of Fog Mountain. So let's pick up there, shall we? Let's join our characters drinking beer already in progress as we all pause to drink our beer or wine Gulp. <clears throat> or soda in my case since we opened a <laughs> bottle of wine on top of the mountain and then had a beer uh, afterwards too and mine's technically cider but i'm gonna call that pretty close okay <laughs> all right so jesse your jason had lots of questions at the end of uh, last episode so why don't you Go ahead and blurt some of those out. See what happened. A couple of question reminders uh, for Jesse, actually. Were they all at the table, or was Susie still over at the bar and Frank still kind of standing off to the side? Um, Frank is still standing over by the window. Uh, he is close enough to hear what is being said, but he is not facing the table. He's looking out over the, the bay. And Susie um, has come over with her beer a bastard pint, and um, settles in uh, nearby with a notebook in which she's taking actual notes and not drawing doodles of monsters like... Like Owl is doing. Owl was doing. Okay. Yes. And also I wanted to check tension tracker and survival points. Are we resetting or are those going from where they were at the end of last session? Uh, both will be where they were at the end of last session, which I believe the... Tension points and tension level are both at nine. Okay. And I don't know what your individual survival points are. Yeah, I think I had spent a couple, so I'm down to three. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> what else needeth thou know before we dive in? Um, yep. Okay, let's do this. That was not <laughs> Owl saying anything. That was me. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty good. What's uh, young Carl doing during all this? 
He's mostly observing and listening and uh, probably a fair amount of fidgeting. But you notice that when he's observing and listening, it's not just uh, the conversation with the, you know, the, the FBI. Obviously, he's very intrigued as to what in the heck is going on around here. Uh, but he's looking at so many other things. Uh, you know, if, if you watch, he, he, he seems to be staring at different items around the room, at the window. Uh, a lot of things are catching his eye. For those of, uh, for those of you watching him, it may seem odd. Uh, for those, you know, the listeners at home, uh, you might notice that uh, what's happening here is, is he's catching things that he has no idea what they are or things that are new or different that really stand out to him. And there's there's going to be so many things that just don't look the same. You know, anything from the, the taps look different. The uh, the soda fountains look different. The cars going by. Uh, every little thing he's just kind of can't help but look and stare at. Why don't you make a... Um... I wanted to make make you make an act under pressure check, but again, wrong game. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Then <laughs> I need different characters. My dice out. I forgot. I moved them. Okay, much better. I have dice now. Well, since I can't make you do an act under pressure because that's not the kind of rules that we're running under. <laughs> uh, young Carl is looking around in curiosity. We'll say at nearly everything. But uh, Owl seems to be ignoring young Carl and is uh, turned to you, Jason, and Gigi, who is uh, seated next to you. Uh, on the other side of the table is uh, Skeen and Allison, and Allison hasn't been saying a whole lot. Skeen has just been mostly scowling. Oh, jeez. Where do you even begin? Okay, first of all... How do you know so much about what? Okay, let let me rephrase that. What do you know about the th goings on here on the island? I don't know that there's a whole lot that we do know for sure. Um, there are a lot of reports of interesting activities um, on this island that go back many years. And your knowledge of the creature thing that we encountered a few nights back um, and your ability to replicate it in drawing. Um, what can you tell me about that? Well, my, uh, my doodles here, and he laughed, my doodles here are uh, based on accounts and images uh, drawn in a variety of uh, journals and accounts from uh, various sources, including um, the Lewis and Clark expedition. The explorers? Mm, that's them. Okay. Um. Are okay. But also, but also, um, oral accounts uh, as uh, written down by um, settlers or folklorists uh, from local Salish peoples. So those are accounts. some of the oldest. Um, tribal stories, uh, campfire tales, um, written down from ages ago. Well, the written accounts aren't necessarily that old. The oldest written accounts do come from um, the expedition, the Lewis and Clark expedition, while the uh, others, although the uh, accounts may be older, the written versions are from the, uh, the let me think, uh, Susie? Yeah, I think um, late 1800s, maybe early 1900s at the latest. I mean, at the oldest, Susie says. 
Um, my next question. While I think about my next question, I take a nice little swig of my ale and. Um, while you're thinking of that next question, Owl says, uh, "So you um, you haven't asked me about the dead people up at the uh, weather station. So does this not was this not a surprise to you? Were you expecting that? No, that is that is a total surprise." It's a total surprise because the last we knew, I mean, we saw plenty of dead people as it was in the clearing by the cabin. And to have more incidents like that going on around the island does not surprise me in the least. However, I do wonder what happened to Carl and how he got out there. Right, and we'd like to find Carl. Uh, I I do my best not to, like, glance over at young Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe accidentally give away something. I'm trying to like really um keep what I have learned myself about young Carl at this point. We may not reset the uh, tension points and the survival points uh for uh, this episode. However, we will reset the uh who rolled last marker. So I will go ahead and let you roll obscure against our FBI agent's passive identifier. Okay. Oh, come on, D10s. Ooh. Uh, mm. uh, okay, that's a 16. 16. Oh, if only that were good enough. Yeah, I didn't think so. But you see, uh, you see his eyes narrow a little bit as you inadvertently glance over at young Carl. Just like an eye flick in his direction. Indeed. But that was not a risky check, so no survival points lost. Okay. Any response? Gigi nearby is just um, has just ordered uh, another martini and uh, is um, has has downed the first one like a shot and is now drinking the second one, not sipping, but drinking, but not downing it like a shot at least. And that's what Carl would do every time somebody mentioned uh, the name Carl. Uh, he would kind of do the awkward, uh, not. Try really hard to not look around and take a drink and look interested in that. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't why don't you, young Carl, also roll an obscure check against our FBI agents? Let's see. What is my obscure? Oh, here we go. Um, ooh, that is not fantastic. Maybe a twelve. Okay. So Owl turns in his chair toward young Carl and goes, "Uh, we have um." Neglected you here in in all of this. Uh, so who are you, Carl Kane, Private United States Army? <laughs> <laughs> Carl makes a very long pause where he kind of looks at him, uh, looks around the room. He, he has an almost nervous look about him, but not uh, you know not straight up anxiety. It's more of a uh, you can see that he's pondering how to play this. Uh, you know what what does he do? He says, all right, okay, this is going to sound crazy. Yeah, crazier than, than tentacle monsters, <laughs> Skeen says. <laughs> Possibly. Um, they're all pretty strange. It's hard to rank, you know, those kind of strange things. It's been a weird 24 hours for me. Things, things have been just, just all kinds of wacky. And I, before I, I showed up here in the woods with the rabbit people and the lady who swore I was um, her, what did we say? Oh, yes, her husband's son. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's a lie I told. I have no idea how, why she believed it. But, um, Bing Crosby, the last thing I remember, listening to his uh, new song on the radio, Swinging on a Star, 
Anybody know it? We're going to start Bing Crosby. Kind of looks around the room. Al pauses for a second, thinking, and Jason kind of like looks at Carl and just kind of opens his eyes like, dude, I don't know if you should be sharing that yet with that kind of look. And uh, and Al goes, um, or oh, would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar? I think I heard a... Yeah, yeah. I think I heard yeah, that a one. Wee, that was a cover, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I, sure I don't know what you mean. Got the tune, um, right. But that's the song. That's the one. Uh, a big, big fan of, of Bing, and I hadn't heard that song, and finally uh, was near a radio and got got to hear a song. There was the, the some of the some of the guys in the tent. They had a radio working, and somebody was broadcasting that song. Hadn't heard it. Don't know how. Don't know why. Uh, the song just finished, and next thing I know, I'm in the woods here. So somehow I went from just outside Luxembourg to to here. Luxembourg, in, Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, hmm. and he looks at Susie, and uh, she has pulled out her phone, a uh, a smartphone, of course, <laughs> uh, young Carl, and has typed something on it, uh, and waits for a second, and then holds it up to Owl, who nods and says, uh, uh, "What were you doing in Luxembourg?" Uh, well, I was stationed there. In the United States Army. Okay, just uh, I'm I'm just gonna have like a complete like silly look on my face as I turn from Carl back to Owl with just like this weird grin. Like, so what can you tell us about time travel if you're not gonna tell us about tentacle monsters? Well, so you're saying, um, any um, he motions again to Susie who um holds up the screen again, um, 1944. No, no, no! It's January. It's forty-five. New Year. We had uh, we well, it wasn't really champagne, but it was uh, a bottle of something. Anyway, yeah, I, I was getting shot at that night, so we didn't get to celebrate a lot. Been out there for a while. Big battle. Lots of gunfire. They moved us around a fair amount, but a uh, whole lot of Germans. We're hoping this. Uh, this we're hoping if we can uh, we can push them back, but they 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 uh, they really forced us back a long ways. But it's looking good. Looking good for us then. Um, yeah, so, uh, so, um, Mr. Lawrence, to answer your question, I'm perfectly willing to talk about tentacle monsters. I don't have any, any, I don't believe there's any accounts of time travel. I'm going to have to look into that. The the weird thing, though, is, isn't that he seems disbelieving. It just seems that he seems perplexed that it's something that he wasn't expecting. So anyway, tentacle monsters, let's talk more about that. Right. It might be able to be, okay, he, he gains his composure again and um, says, it, uh, this may be able to be uh, folded into the other events uh, associated with Elk Island. What other events? You know, the ones that you have told me about, the ones that I showed you pictures of and you weren't necessarily aware of. Other things along the way, just oddities. Uh, things seen in the woods, um, strange noises, uh, strange lights. That goes back uh, quite a while, uh, quite a ways. Of course, that happens in a lot of different places in the world, and often is of no interest to mm, our investigations. But, uh, but in any case, uh, there seems to be a uh, some sort of focal point here on this island of un- 
natural or unexplained phenomenon. And uh, we're just trying to put a few things together, and maybe you'll be able to help us with that. I also, and I, I will admit to a bit of misdirection um, earlier, uh, we aren't entirely here because of the Canadian who went missing among the, <clears throat> quote, rabbit people, unquote. Jason's not surprised. But because of the, well, murders up at the weather station, which, and he leans forward and lowers his voice, I'll be candid, does not appear to have been a weather station entirely. What do you mean? I mean, it seems, at which point Frank turns from the window and goes, Owl, and Al looks at Frank and, and says, Frank, and then Frank shrugs and turns back to the window. And Al turns back to you and says, just from um, some of the things that we found, and again, just got here this morning, but uh, it appears from some of the notes that we have looked at in the lab that uh, their investigations were not necessarily entirely meteorological. But since they were a government office, uh, we are here primarily to find out what happened to them, preferably before uh, whoever they actually worked for shows up and uh, makes that more difficult. So any aid you can give us, and certainly, he turns to young Carl, you, sir, um, and what is your name? My name. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look at him and I'm all like, I kind of give him that, maybe not. Um, I would like to uh, note here that I have been quite, quite forthcoming, as my friend Frank over there would, uh, I believe, also agree. Um, you know, just for grins, why don't you call me Carl? <laughs> <laughs> At which point, Jason just puts his head, head in his hands. <laughs> why? Why, Carl? Why? I mean, there's so many names being thrown around. I hate to add another one to the mix. Let's just keep it small. The deputy uh, did mention that um, you said that your name was Carl Kane, Private uh, U.S. Army. Yeah, yeah, I said that. Yep, that's that's also very interesting. Okay, um, so uh, why don't uh, you all feel free to have dinner here on the on the U.S. government if you like or head back to your rooms or your castle. He looks at Allison or whatever. Uh, he doesn't say it in any sort of, you know, snarky way. He just kind of says it more or less straightforward. Um, and um, we will talk after you've had a time to digest all of this and uh, get yourselves cleaned up. Young Carl just immediately grabs a menu. And if anybody could hear him mutter under his breath, he's like, oh, government's been feeding me for three years now they might as well feed me one more meal and let me make it a good one at least I'm just, uh, hmm. the prices are insane yeah there's a point where you see him notice that like what in the <laughs> i'm not that rich Is this doll are these are these dollars it's 13 dollars for a burger for a burger like made of cow <laughs> are, there, are there no cows anymore no okay Hey, well, he's paying. Hey, give me two, will you? Two burgers. <laughs> two golden cow burgers. <laughs> Al stands up and uh, 
when the waitress comes over, he hands her a uh, government um, credit card and says, uh, uh, just leave that open for whatever these fine folk want, and I'll pick it up later. Uh, so, uh, Frank, Susie, um, I believe we have uh, something we need to do. Are you going up to the weather station? Uh, throwing up air quotes. Are you going up to the weather station? Um, possibly. We also need to look over the notes. We'll probably do that first. Dang. Okay. So not going to be following them up to the weather station. All right. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you. When did we? When were we getting together again? I don't know. After burgers. Hey, uh, can I get go ahead and get the two orders of fries? And do you still get do you still milkshakes? Don't tell me how much it costs. Just do you do milkshakes or not? Oh, um, I'm sorry, uh, sir. Uh, we don't have a, a milkshake machine here. Um, we do beer mostly. Uh, we do have some hard liquor. And uh, the waitress looks at uh, uh, Gigi, who just holds her uh, hand up and you know motions with um, three fingers. I- ice cream? You got ice cream? Um, we have a brownie that uh, we heat up in the microwave, and uh, then we put some hot fudge on it. In the what now? The the microwave sure it's hot right hot brownie got it yeah we, got it. we nuke them yeah yep. so two burgers two orders of fries lots of ketchup and one of the brownies that you heat up uh in the waves um <laughs> okay <laughs> jason is just trying not to laugh he's just like uh if the waitress if the waitress looks his direction he's just like just some cheese curds so owl and frank and Susie leave. What would you like to do? Is the waitress still hanging around, or did she go back to take care of orders? Yeah, she takes uh, um, all of your orders. For Gigi, that's just more alcohol. Uh, for um, Skeen, it is a brisket sandwich. Uh, Allison um, orders a salad. She's a salad kind of person. That's so Allison. Um, and That's the name of her new podcast, That's So Allison. <laughs> um... Carl, are you settling in after orders are taken and sitting around the table with us? Sure. Then at that point, Jason is seriously just like looking around at everyone. And what the actual F is going on at Elk Island? I know. Did you see the prices on this thing? What the hell? Carl, beyond beyond the prices, and this has something to do with the family. So you know history of the family. So maybe you can help figure out what's been going on. But I'm sorry. And if they're not going up to the um, weather station right away, I I kind of feel inclined to try and see what's going on up there before they get a chance to get in there. Oh, of course they're going up to the weather station right away. That that seems to make the most sense. And uh, yeah, you know what the hell? I'm probably going to wake up from this weird dream I'm in anyway. So like, I'm sure this has everything to do with that stupid book. Book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book. Which book? The book that? Yeah, I have no idea where the book is right now. Um. Last time I knew, my brother had it, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was in the library then, but it was the thing with the cat and the study and my brother. Weird, but okay, a lot of weird going on. Yeah, we don't, I, I especially don't know a lot of the history of the family. So, I mean, if it's something at the house or at, yeah, is it a mansion? Is it a house? How do we refer to it? Um, I like I like castle, actually, like what, like what Agent Nizoni there said. What kind of name is Nizoni? Right? So back up at the the castle, there's a room with a book that your brother, Lazarus, um, my father, what the, 
hell is going on with this family? I mean, you're 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 telling me that, man. That's unbelievable. I I honestly am shocked that my brother ever had sex. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> and, and at that, just from like the snicker, I look over at him and I was like, you're going to someday too, Carl. It's okay. <laughs> I think actually that's probably a good fade to black. Uh, and <laughs> um, so where shall we um, fade from black into our new scene? Well, that's what I was, I was trying to get the feels of what the group wanted to do, whether they wanted to go and try and find out more about this book or whether, or to go up to the weather station and see what was going on up there. So I, I, that's kind of what I was trying to feel out with the. So which one would you like to do, Jason? And then we can send Gigi and Allison and Skeen or Gigi and somebody else because probably didn't want to do it alone. To do the other one. Oh wow! Um, oh god, splitting the party. This is not a good idea. Yeah, I know, but you could get survival points for it if you do it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I I honestly uh, would like to poke around up at the weather station. All right, and would try to get young Carl involved um, throughout the conversations at dinner. So Gigi and Allison will go back up to the manor house and start looking for this book. Uh, they will have, you know, uh, grilled young Carl a little bit about what it looks like and that sort of thing. Then Skeen will go with uh, you, bro, and young Carl, if young Carl is wanting to head up to the weather station as well. There is a road that goes... Um, goes up there. It's a uh, logging road that wraps around the far side of the mountain. Oh, man. Uh, Us and these logging roads don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the Auburn, um, there's no way that the Auburn will make it up there. What you really need is your Jeep. But I don't know what kind of state it's in. Yeah. Although there's a good chance uh, that it is uh, impounded over there at the police station rather than still up on the side of the of the mountain. Well, I guess uh, I guess my other question is, if it's not impounded, does that road out there that kind of swings by the cabin go up towards the weather station? No, the access to the uh, weather station is from the uh, north side of the island. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go check and see if my Jeep is back at the police station. Or even the Bronco, if it'll let us use that, <laughs> if the radiator got fixed. Well, you know what it's going to take, right? A survival point. It is, but fortunately um, you just uh, got one for um, splitting the party. Awesome. That goes for everybody, so um, young Carl, you can take a, a survival point as well. Done. As will Gigi uh, when we go over to her at the house. Thanks. Oh, sure, Sharon, no problem. <laughs> I love how you were playing up her bad habits. She probably gained like two survival points during that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I probably got another one there. Although lose one for, you know, not being here. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, so the Jeep's available. They did find it, impound it. Um, damage wasn't too horrible. Jeep seems to be functioning. You, of course, hit it with the Bronco. Right. Uh, but there was, uh, what, like a one of those cow, not cow catchers, one of those uh, brush guards on the front. Mm. 
And uh, that and a light are pretty much what got torn up in the collision. It could probably use a good, you know, checking over by a mechanic, but it seems to run and you can either bend the fender up or, you know, take it completely off so that it's not rubbing against the tire anymore. Yeah, mostly just pulling it out of the way as I check to see if there's any axle damage or anything like that. Uh, do you have experience with that sort of thing? Or? We've had all kinds of different vehicles that we moved the Carnival in. Um, I, I have a little bit, but nothing too extensive. Okay. So why don't you uh, roll me an identify? Identify it is. My worst stat. But a good roll. 13. Uh, You're shooting for the general 15 here. Yeah, I got 17. Uh, so you slide underneath and you're looking at it. And although you don't know exactly what you're looking for, you can tell that it's it, it looks pretty good. If the axle's bent or anything, it's it's very slight. So it it looks like it's drivable. Uh, again, you, you don't have the experience to know for sure. And... Probably, you know, you're just guessing, but probably the alignment is, has been thrown off. But It looks good. Uh, let's see how she drives. So there is indeed a bit of a, a wobble. Not too pronounced, but uh, a bit of one. So the alignment is indeed off. It pulls to the right a little bit. Okay. But... I have a feeling that's going to come into play. <laughs> sure, it'll be it, fine. It pulls to the right a little bit. Right off the cliff! <laughs> Okay, and um, yeah, once everybody's in and ready to go, uh, head up to making sure everybody, of course, has appropriate weather gear. <laughs> um, at that point, extra coats or anything. If um, Ivan, if Ivan had any like extras left in the lost and found or anything, just to make sure everybody's warm enough as we head up to the weather station. Deputy Fresk is like, I I'm not just gonna. Oh wait, no. What? What's this what? I'm a, uh, I'm not just, no, crap. All right. I'm not just going to give you none of whatever I've got here. What do you think, them FBI agents just gave you carte blanche? It's nothing like that. We just want to make sure we're warm enough while we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're staying up at the house. You know where we are. What's the harm in letting us borrow them until we can procure some of our own or at least get back to um, some of our own belongings? Well, I'd say you need to roll a persuade, except you just rolled, so that means I'm going to do it. All right. Against my dissuade? Uh, no. Uh, he's going to try to escape out of this situation. So it's going to be, he's rolling escape against your persuade. Against my persuade? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Seems like a reasonable thing sure. right now to me <laughs> in my adult state. Sure. <laughs> 15. That does not beat a 16. It does not. Let's check my tension points. Oh, you punk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend one. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and so he remains unconvinced. And he says, uh, you inherited all that cane money. So uh, I, I don't think so. You just go out and buy some new stuff. What is near the station? Is there like any kind of something where we could grab some coats? Uh, yeah, you can um, uh, find coats at the same store uh, where older Carl bought his uh, rain jacket upon arrival here on the island. It's like right there in the same area. Yeah, it's not far away. And I will definitely be like, all right, fine. And just be like, thanks a lot again. 
and close the door on him and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty soon you find yourself uh, rolling along in the Jeep on the north side of the island, on the north road, and Skeen is consulting a map on their phone, and they say, uh, yeah, I think it's right, right here, right here, right here, right here. Okay, uh, react as best I can to that and slow down and steer in that direction. Yeah, you have to back up and go up this, um, this like, neighborhood road, and you pass by some houses, and then there's another uh, road, still kind of paved, that uh, goes winding up the um, north side of Fog Mountain through the trees, but then that quickly turns to gravel, which then turns to to uh, just a, a rutted dirt road that is covered in a bit of snow and is also a bit sloppy from melted snow, uh, as those two things are alternating here on Elk Island over the past few days. Right. Okay, um, definitely going to go easy as I'm driving around this, especially with the wobble. Uh, give me an identify Carl. Hey. <laughs> well, uh, what we got there are double ones. <laughs> nice. It's, it's at least not a 13, which is, <laughs> which is bad. Uh, which makes that a seven. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, you could Ooh. spend a survival point to re-roll if you wanted. Mm, nah, he was too busy trying to look at the phone because he doesn't understand what's going on with that thing. So he, whatever it is, missed it entirely. So you guys are continuing on up this uh, logging road and you're, you're fighting the Jeep a fair bit, Jason, because uh, one, there is that pull to the right, but there's, you know, I mean, it's also this, this muddy rutted road. Yeah. And then pretty soon you get to a fence that says uh, U.S. government, it, well, it says uh, U.S. government, N-O-A-A, no trespassing. N-O-A-A? No and no. <laughs> what? Yeah, National Oce- uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Okay. Here's some more letters for you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got those. It's still government, and you're a soldier. You're government, right? We can poke around. Uh, you know, sure. Uh, as I'm like starting to turn off the Jeep and kind of like get out and kind of like look at the fence and see what's going on and looking around to see if there's like security cameras or if there seems to be any power supplied to the fence. Like, is it an electric fence? Is it going to shock me if I try to touch it? There does appear uh, to be a security camera that is mounted inside of the perimeter. It's got a it's got a good view of the of the gate from inside there. So it's already seen us. You think that the view might be a little blur? You know that because the gate's not open, that it might uh, might not be just too pristine of a shot of you all. But that if it is a recording, then yeah, it probably is recording at least your front fender. Oh. Now, the fence itself is maybe eight feet tall. It's that chain link stuff that uh, just goes off into the, the woods on either side. Uh, beyond it, uh, there have been some trees cleared, but not a lot. It just appears that the road continues on, and it's just as rutted as, as it was coming up to this point. You don't see any buildings at this point, but you are pretty high up. Yeah, where's the cloud level? Are we in it, or is it below us? <laughs> you know, you pass through some some fog, which is probably clouds, uh, but you don't have a big open 
view. Right now you're just in trees. It is cooler here by a, a magnitude. As as I hunker down in my coat and be happy that we stopped at the store to get those. What do you think about looking around to Carl and Skeen? Yeah, let's look around. Carl starts to kind of walk forward. Uh, I, uh, I'm i game, I guess, says Skeen. But uh, should we, um, like, walk right through the front gate or? Well, the, there is a camera right there and it's probably already seen the Jeep. At this point, if anybody's watching, they probably know we're here. So why not just see if there's anybody home? And Skeen shrugs. And young Carl, you're already up at the gate. Uh, you do note that there is, a, there is a lock on it, a padlock, but it's actually just hanging off of the chain link, like right near the gate. And it looks like it's been cut. Hmm. I kind of, you know, grab the padlock, pull it up to him, throw it on the ground, and be like, yeah, it looks like somebody's already here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <sighs> I hope it's not the bunny people again. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not the bunny people, too. But Okay, um, let's just be a little cautious, because if somebody cut through the lock, that means it's not somebody that's meant to be here. Yeah, they must be up to no good, <laughs> like us. We can open the gate and drive up, or we can walk up from here. Well, I mean, if we're if we're being all um, you know obvious about it, I guess we might as well just drive up. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, sure. All right. Carl walks back as we pull back the gate, and Skeen says, "Carl, I feel like you're going to agree to whatever we say." Hey, listen. I mean, dream's going to take me wherever the dream takes me. Might as well just ride this one out. Skeen leans over, and they pinch you. It hurts. <laughs> I can totally see that, too. Skeen just like, pinch, pinch. <laughs> yeah. What's that, wrong with you? Did that wake <laughs> you up? <laughs> Would it? Okay. Is, is that how that works? Skeen. I don't know. Skeen. Carl has some part to play here, so we're just going to have to roll well, with he's it. he's obviously in denial. I mean, is it going to be like a machine gun nest full of Nazis shooting at me? Because, you know, like, that's been my day for a while now, so... I'd almost take Nazis over tentacle monsters in the trees. And Skeen says, uh, oh yeah, tentacle monsters, and then they look around (laughs) in the trees. Uh, It is daytime, so there is that at least going for you here. Yeah. But um, once you set it, and you all kind of, just your voices dropped off right after that, and you realize that it's very quiet up here, except for the ticking of the engine of the Jeep. And I would probably be quiet at that point, too. It's like just noticing the somberness of the moment. Just be like looking in the woods, like out of my peripheral, just trying to catch anything possible as I'm like making my way slowly up the path. Okay. You swing the gate open and you drive the Jeep through. Do you just leave it hanging open? Yeah, at that point. All right. So you drive on up, and it's not more than three or four hundred yards uh, until you come to a leveled clearing, uh, which is obviously a parking lot uh, of sorts. And there are three cars in the parking lot. Um, All of them are four-wheel drive vehicles. Uh, They uh, appear to be government issue. They're those, um, you know, white SUVs that you know, have Noah on the side of them, uh, N-O-A-A. Do you think they were just left here? <clears throat> Skeen says, there is a layer of snow on them. Okay, so they've been here in a little minute. It's probably left over from the massacre or whatever it was. At the edge of the parking lot, the slope is pretty steep, and there are concrete stairs 
that are in the set into the uh, slope of the hill, and they go up a ways, probably um, thirty or forty steps. All right, guys. Uh, looks like we're going up. So up you go, and uh, that takes you uh, to a a cleared area on top of Fog Mountain, where the trees have been cleared. There is a concrete sidewalk running from the um, stairs on up. Now it's covered with a light sheen of snow. This goes up to a building, classic square uh, cinder block building, not overly exciting in any way, but uh, there are a couple of towers attached to that. A lot of the big scaffolding-like towers that look like they have all sorts of meteorological equipment on them. And then back beyond the building, even kind of higher up on the slope, is a uh, cell phone tower. Does it look like a pretty standard cell phone tower? Does it look like there's extra dishes on it or something to pick up all of the satellite TV? What is your knowledge of cell phone towers? Uh, Jesse or Jason? (laughs) Jason's. Uh, Jason's (laughs) is not not very much, probably. How about Jesse? Jesse knows quite a bit. Um, Jesse, yeah, did some satellite communications when he was actually in the army. Jason was not and did not, and therefore right. has no idea. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, so Jason wouldn't notice then. He'd just be like, cell phone tower. Um, nothing special about that. Unless it did look awfully gaudy with a whole bunch of extra little satellite dishes on it. And I think at that point, are there windows on this building? Yes, there are. They're dirty. Dirty. Um, can you see inside at all? Is there light coming from them from inside? Um, well, since it's daytime and now you have come out kind of into the open up here, you are looking out over now. You can you can actually see the whole, well, not the whole sound out here, but you can see other islands. The clouds are below you now, and uh, but they're not, they're broken clouds. They're not... Uh, Spot of water here, a little bit of land there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. I just want to live there already. <laughs> I'll deal with tentacle monsters. I don't care. What are you doing, uh, Carl? I mean, Carl's just kind of following these guys around a little bit. He, he, you know, some of these things here look familiar, but some of these things don't uh, look familiar. So he, he still has that kind of almost gaze of wonderment. Like, what are these things? And then he'll kind of snap out of it and look around and then just follow, uh, follow what's going on here. Uh, do you have any specializations? Uh, no, Carl does not. Okay. So, yeah, Skeen's looking a little jumpy, but uh, you also notice, uh, Jason, that uh, the, I mean, the windows are dirty, but they're not so dirty that you can't find some spots. You look inside, and you do so. I do. I assume. And you see an entryway room uh, that has, uh, that appears to actually be much of the uh, interior of the building. Uh, it has several workstations, like four or five workstations, uh, with uh, computers and paper on them. And again, you can't see a lot of detail, uh, but you you see the general ideas. And you also see bodies. There's just bodies slumped. One seems to be slumped over the a, a table. Another is on the floor. And again, no details, but you you see the shapes. And it wasn't recent, so I can't, like, be looking around for footprints and stuff. I mean, ultimately, I'd be like, you guys, they weren't kidding. They're, there's a bunch of people in here, no longer living. Uh, I don't know how to put that. They're... Dead? Says Skeen. Yes. 
And if we were to go in there, I can't imagine, A, the smell, and f for a second, what it is going to look like. It, I can't see very much through these windows, but it looks horrible in there. And I don't know how this could have Skeen happened. opens the door and goes in. Oh, God. Does I'm just going to stand there for a minute and like wait to see if they come running back out. Okay. They do not. They do um, shout out and say, yeah, it, it's a bit smelly, but not too bad. It's cold in here. Okay. Ease my way up to the door and look in. Does Carl ease up from the other side and like peek in also? Yeah, kind of look down and see what, see what I can see. Jason, go ahead and roll. You have shown a reluctance here, so I'm going to go with the default here that you're going to gag and throw up on this, unless you want to spend a survival point to not do so. I have so. to spend a survival point to do that? Oh. Uh, you know. I can't protect against the assault on my senses? Hmm. All right, you made the argument. I'll let you roll a protect. <laughs> see, see how easy I am? Oh, that was awesome. Kind of. Uh, 20. I'm a fan of the players, you know. 20 total. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you feel a little bile ro rise up in your throat there, Jason, but you uh, push it down. And uh, indeed, um, Skeen is standing in there uh, trying not to step in uh, what are now a, a few-day-old bloodstains. And they're looking around. A macabre version of hopscotch. Yeah, and you see that there were probably four bodies. Uh, here, but it's kind of hard to tell because they're not all together. They seem to have been um, ripped apart, at least a couple of them. The other two, uh, one of them's on the floor, and there's no immediate cause of death. Uh, the same with one that is slumped over a workstation. But two of them are, are really, really torn apart. Okay. Um. Do any of them look like... Uh... The Carl we started with. I would actually, uh, because you've seen a lot of bodies, Carl, I would uh, go ahead and roll identify for me. Um, Again, not great. My dice are just not on my side tonight, but that's a 13. Okay. Uh, yeah, so not good enough. Um, these people were killed. Yeah, they're, they're dead. Two of them by being rended apart uh, by some sort of wild animal, perhaps. But... One of them just looked like seriously just slumped over their desk, like they died right there. Mm, right. Yeah, I mean, and without examining closer, like moving the body, there's no way of really necessarily telling how they were killed. Oh, jeez. Is Skeen still just kind of making their way through the muck? Uh, yeah, like um, high-stepping almost from clear spot on the floor to clear spot on the floor. What do you think happened here? Uh, um, wow. <laughs> People were killed, and that's, this is wild, man. Well, the door wasn't locked. We were able to just come in. Yeah, I mean, do you think the FBI agents just left them up here? Um, I mean, I guess they could have. And they're definitely looking a couple of days old. Like, this was three nights ago when we had our attack. Um, yeah, it's it's been, I mean, again, you can't identify for sure, but it's not fresh. The The blood is, is dried on the on the floor and on the clothes the bodies are frozen well they're not yeah it's not that cold um here but uh they it's pretty much the same as it is outside it's refrigeration temperatures here it's not not freezer temperatures <laughs> okay the bile really is rising in my throat <laughs> <laughs> 
there are doors as well out of uh, this room. I'm not just the one that you came through. It occupies much of the cinder block building, but not all of the cinder block building. Uh, looking around, um, do I notice any other strange things like uh, other blood smears across the wall? Or, hell, even if there's a broom or a, a fire extinguisher or something that I can like use to bash somebody's head in if I need to. <laughs> I would say, I mean, normally I would say you have to roll a, or uh, use a survival point to uh, get a uh, weapon such as a fire extinguisher or something, but this is a government building. There's going to be a fire extinguisher attached to the wall here. Dang. Uh, but no uh, no bloodstains on the wall except... Near where pieces of body fell. Yeah, there looks like one spot on the wall where somebody's head might have been slammed there. Uh, also, none of them uh, look like 90-year-old Carl Kane. Okay. Uh, as I kind of like grab the fire extinguisher and everything and just kind of like, I want to, I, I kind of want to look to see like what really happened to the one that's just kind of slumped over their desk that looked like nothing really happened to them like the others. And I just kind of want to like push them back a little bit if I can and, and roll and rotate them in their chair so that I can get a better look at their body. King goes, you might not want to mess with the crime scene. Oh, you did it anyway. Never mind. Well, I'm not touching them with my hands. And uh, you kind of turn the uh, chair around and you see that best I can describe it as is um, this person. He's, he's a guy uh, in his uh, perhaps um, 40s and his eyes have been gouged out and his jaw is ripped down. So it's like somebody might have like jammed their fingers or something into their eyes and then grabbed a hold of their jaw like and then just pulled. I have that total retracting moment, like in the Goonies, where they first turn over One-Eyed Willie, and they're like, <gasps> and I, I do the same thing. Yeah, and of course, the, the body then continues its spin around in the chair and then falls out onto the floor. And then, like, do the, like, hands up in the air and backing up on tippy toes to get out of the way of where it might land. And Skeen says, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, man, and I'm um, atheist, too. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, he didn't die a natural death then, or whatever kind of death I, th I thought he might have had. I would say not, says Skeen. <sighs> well, there's still a couple of doors. Should we check out to see if there's anything else going on in here? I I think we've like already messed with a federal crime scene, so we may as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the way you look at things, Skeen. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> Three hots and a cots, right? Skeen mm -hmm. actually does appear to lose it just a little bit and goes over and just like, um, like this, uh, slap. Oh, damn it. Pushes, um, Carl on the, on the, uh, shoulders in the chest and goes, this is not a dream, you crazy, crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> just see Skeen like trying to like, try and, trying to pick Carl up and like do the kind of like slap, 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 slap thing. <laughs> <laughs> Carl looks at Skeen and says, you know, son, you look and act exactly like something that would show up in a dream, right? Skeen goes, <sighs> happy place, happy place, happy place. Yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's fairly accurate. Okay, I, I, all right, you're right. Uh, sorry, I panicked there for a moment. I'm better now. Um, I'm sorry for hitting you, uh, time-traveling Carl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is. I've been trying. 
All right, which which door behind door number A or door number B? Tell me a little bit more about the doors. Is is one of them fancier than the other? Nope, both of them are uh, just standard gray doors that look like they probably have steel cores. Okay, uh, I'm just going to look back at Skeen and Carl and be like, one's probably a closet, the other's probably a bathroom. We're probably in the clear. As I just grab um, A, let's say A and and twist the knob and, and let the door swing open as I kind of like, just kind of look at them and then slowly turn my head to see what's in there. Um, so you can, and it is neither one of those things, but it appears to be a, a server um, room where there's a lot of uh, computers humming away. <laughs> I, I wonder what Carl's reaction to seeing that is. I mean, he's actually very dismissive because it's like, look, another room full of stuff that does stuff. <laughs> A lot of blinky lights in there, yep. It seems to run out of some form of electricity. <laughs> Skeen says, those are computers. Uh-huh. Do they also use the little waves? The little waves? The microwaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? micro, little, right? Why? I know that Actually, word. Actually, that comes from the antenna out behind the station. Why, why did I even try? Um, yeah, what's behind door number B? Uh, yeah, um... Opening that one and be like, let's see what's behind door number two, crack. And it is locked. Ooh. It's a good thing I have a big-ass fire extinguisher in my hand. It's like, hmm, should I really go in here as I lift it up looking like I'm going to smash the doorknob? Seeing if Carl and Skeen respond. Skeen is decidedly looking elsewhere. <laughs> nah, I want to watch this. Uh, is Skeen also whistling? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, and just gonna bash that. Ooh, do I get to roll an assault check on the doorknob? I'm gonna lose my, uh, EMT dri <laughs> driver's license. Uh, um, no, you, you break it open. Okay. That's fine. And, uh, yeah, the, you just bash on it until the knob comes off. And then it swings open, and a red light, like a red horizontal light, fans down from top to bottom, uh, over the, uh, upper half of the door area it fans from top to bottom and then it goes back up and then you see because that was a little bright in your eyes you see um, a pretty blank room lined with polished aluminum it's it is closet size but there's no closety material in it if anything it looks like a like an elevator except that there's no buttons or anything there's just a single camera in the opposite wall of the of the room that the light came out of yeah that the light came out of at about um six and a half feet up or so of this seven foot high room does it keep doing it occasionally or just that one time it did it when the uh door opened but that was the only time okay Ooh. okay skein hold this and i hand them the fire extinguisher and i walk over to the best that i can find of a head that's <laughs> somewhat intact from one of the torn bodies and yeah i'll give another gag at that but i like pull my coat sleeves down a little bit so they're covering my hands and i pick up the portion as best i can and walk over and say carl close the door and open it again okay he kind of gives the sure whatever look and closes the door and opens it again and as he opens it i try and put the head in the best position to where my head is as i'm standing at the edge of the door so you are trying to persuade this 
device to function correctly, so roll persuade. That's a good thing my persuade is good. Or at least better. 8, 4, 6, 18. The scanner goes, and um, there is a click, and the room kind of shudders and rises just slightly, as if it has loosened from the uh, clamps that were holding it. Um, with a kind of a shudder, I, like, drop the body to the side of the door. It's like, come on, guys, come on. And try to usher them into the room. Okay. Skeen follows you and Carl, Jason, into the, the room. As soon as you're in there, it's a couple more seconds, but then the room begins to descend. Like the door closes, like, really fast automatically, and we just start to drop. No, it, it doesn't. Uh, the, uh, you, you do start to drop, but the door doesn't close. Uh, you see the uh, wall of rock passing by. Oh, wow. As this goes down into a shaft of stone, and it goes down quite a ways. You're not sure how far, but uh, it goes down for several seconds. And then it um, stops. You are in what uh, what might have been a mine or natural tunnels or something. And anyway, it it's uh, cool, more like natural tunnels than like a mine. But it's a an open, dripping cave cavern, uh, maybe thirty feet across, with two or three tunnels leading out of it. Not uniform, very natural in appearance. There's a few stalagmites and stalactites and a lot of glistening from where water has been dripping. It is there that uh, you also see another body. This body is uh, collapsed on the floor, uh, and it is wearing a hospital gown that you recognize <gasps> as being a hospital gown from the the local uh, clinic. I'm deadpan gonna look at uh young carl and be like look back over and be like carl and start heading over towards the the collapsed body what as you do so the body jerks up like from collapsed form on the floor jerks up and spins around as if somebody is like puppeting it or or you know like it's on strings that have have lifted it up and turns around and you see carl but Carl's eyes are burning with a uh, almost translucent but fiery light. And Carl's mouth opens, and there's more of that. And there's more of that light uh, deep within. And, and Carl says, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, <laughs> you, you cannot stop me. But it's not Carl's voice. Oh, okay. I will get, I will get closer. And then the arms come up. Carl almost levitating toward you, uh, feet drag, bare feet dragging on the floor of the cave, hands outstretched, the nails having grown long in the last pa uh, past couple of days. We'll find out where we go from there on the next episode of The Gothic Podcast. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. 
Season 2 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share, and check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks! Thanks!